Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. And uh, you should thank me, guys. I uh, I took one for the team today. Um, had the show all queued up. Printed out some great stories, issues of the day. Remembered that last week I told you I would talk to you about witnessing and had that on the uh, on the docket as well. And then a small problem uh, came up right before showtime. A little video popped up on my screen and it was our fearless leader, Joe Biden, addressing the nation. I tortured myself for what I am terming the longest 24 minutes of my entire life and the hardest and took copious notes. And I'm going to give you some thoughts on what Mr. Biden told us last night. Um, I have done a lot of things in my life uh, that were painful. Um, and this was really at the top of the list. This was horrible in every conceivable way. And I just want to say, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, I and others urge you every single day as faith-based voters, if that is what you are, to acquaint yourselves with the issues of the day, even if this is not your wheelhouse or the things you like to do, um, make an attempt to try to understand the issues of the day and check them against the word of God, the only truth that is out there. And Mr. Biden spoke of truth many, many times, which is highly ironic. But um, we urge you to do that on this show, and I know other people do as well. And I will cede the point that it is painful uh, to, if you're a newbie at all this, to know when somebody is lying through their teeth and the 24 minutes was replete with a lot of lying and misrepresentation and just a, an entire disingenuous diatribe on President Biden's part. But also, if you do know better and you are a student of the game and you understand how people manipulate and uh, prey on people's emotions and fears and craft things in a certain way to get across a certain point. It's very painful to sit there and listen to this and watch this. And uh, I saw some really just vile posts that people presumably on the right or conservatives or God forbid, uh, faith-based individuals uh, wrote about, um, this are posted about um, this and many other things. And, and it's um, on the one hand, and I, if we get to it, I'll, I, I'll, uh, I'll read some of that. On the one hand, all that stuff and that vitriol and the, the dripping of venom when you talk about these things is, uh, is not helpful. Uh, it repels. It does not attract. It, it further emboldens those on the left that want to use you as the poster boy or the poster girl for conservatism or uh, faith-based uh, logic as it pertains to the issues of the day. But I will say this, and I'll say it very strongly. It is absolutely understandable why people are so angry uh, what happened uh, three months ago as far as the election, what continues to happen on a daily basis with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris et al is is galling. It's it's horrible. And it, it you have to take this to the Lord almost hourly and keep this in check 
and say, Lord, please, uh, being righteously indignant is one thing. Being hateful, resentful, venomous, crazy, not forwarding the ball down the field with how I act and speak is not of your will. And I am at the top of the list of people that have to do that because what I saw in this video, what you see uh, every day, those of you that are news junkies that uh, listen to talk radio all day long, watch the talking heads all night long, read whatever you read, and then get up and do it again. God help you. I used to be one of you. I am not anymore. I cannot take it. But that does not give us a pass to just throw our hands up in the air and say they're all liars. I don't believe any of them. Republican, Democrat, they're all the same, which is somewhat of a true statement. Um, I'm just going to do my thing over here. Well, that's not how sin works. That's not how deception and, and bad policy works. It will leak under your front door and affect you and your family. Should you choose to just go like a five-year-old, la, 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 cover your ears and not pay attention, um, it will affect you. It will affect your paycheck. It will affect the way that your children are educated in the public school system. It will affect your safety as far as criminals um, coming into our country, coming into your neighborhood, and dare I say, coming into your house. Um, all of these things, uh, policy, cultural debates, you have to pay attention to them because you cannot just say, I don't want to play anymore. That's for you idiots to figure out. Would be really nice to do that, but we can't do that. So there's got to be a balance. You have to pay attention to the issues of the day. I did not want to watch Joe Biden for 24 minutes. I don't want to watch Joe Biden for 24 seconds, but I did. I knew what he was going to say and he said it and I can predict what he's going to say every uh, speech he's ever going to give because that's who Joe Biden is and what he's been about for one half of a century and short of having a born again experience, a road to Damascus experience, he is going to be that animal that he is until the Lord takes him home. So, uh, however, we have to know what's going on. We have to learn what's going on. We have to marshal our emotions and rein in, uh, what we would like to say, and we would have to craft things in a certain way to educate people, persuade people, and fight back against these things in a uh, nonviolent, civilized way. And we have to let the Lord fight our battles. When we get weary and we just simply can't do this anymore, and it uh, feels hopeless, and the whole thing is designed to make you feel hopeless, to make you feel isolated. Um, thank you, Saul Alinsky. Um, isolate individuals, make them feel like they're in the minority, even though they are not. Um, these are all tactics of the left to discourage you. When you are that discouraged, go to your prayer closet, um, shut off the radio, shut off the television, and just take it to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He will give you that peace 
that is indescribable. Um, it is it is indiscernible. We don't understand it in the midst of chaos and tumult. The Lord is giving us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Only God can do that. So God is uh, truth. And sadly, Mr. Biden um, invoked God quite a bit toward the end of his speech, but he talked about truth many times during his speech. And Joe Biden is, is not about the truth. He has never been about the truth, and he perhaps never will be about the truth. But that does not mean that we can say, hey, I got Joe Biden figured out. I'm going to go play tennis. Um, I didn't want to watch this video. I watched it. I wrote down some lines. And, and you know, maybe my comment on this video in lieu of many other things that I wanted to do on the show today will help someone, someone that perhaps is not a political junkie. And they watched it and said, seems like a nice doddering old man, very comforting compared to the last crazy orange man that we had in there. I think we could um, do for a little, we're due for a little calm. And I will cede that point. Uh, Joe Biden has a soothing voice. He presses all the right buttons because he's done it for half of a century. But just because he's old and non-threatening and seems to be speaking calmly, Joe Biden has a very um, uh, angry streak in him. Anybody that knows him knows that. And, and the policies that he is promoting that his vice presidential candidate, uh, uh, vice president is promoting and what Democrats in the House and Senate are all about. They are not soothing. They are not calming. They are not reassuring. They are dangerous. And so we got to pay attention to this stuff. So before uh, any comment on this, I will have a sip of Wawa coffee. Okay, <clears throat> I am charged and ready to go. <clears throat> so I started the video um, and Biden started fast and furiously lying. He said um, this pandemic was met with silence when we were aware of it um, some 13 months ago. This is crazy. Um, the silence that we were met with um, was indeed real. And the silence was from Joe Biden and people that think like Joe Biden and largely people that had D's next to their name. When Trump jumped into action <clears throat> and um, invoked a ban on travel from China, um, Mr. Silence, Joe Biden, stick your head in the sand. This isn't real said Donald Trump was his action, not his silence. His action was xenophobic. It was reactionary. Um, nothing to see here. Nancy Pelosi, as we um, as we uh, saw on video um, to ingratiate herself with the Asian community, would um, go to Chinatown and say this is all fine, which it really is fine to go to Chinatown or any place else. But her point was to uh, compare and contrast um, her compassionate way of looking at life uh, against Donald Trump's xenophobic, um, racist way of looking at life when he banned travel from China. Uh, Donald Trump's ban of travel from China saved hundreds of thousands of lives, perhaps, and um, it cannot be categorized 
as silence. Um, and that's just, excuse me, that's just reality. So let's go. Um, Trump, again, not being silent, jumped into it with both feet and met with the pharmaceutical industry, um, an industry that um, is, is mired in red tape and, and a bureaucratic two-step with the FDA, usually on many things. And I'm not all that opposed to some of that, as you uh, know, that have listened to the show for any length of time. But Donald Trump, a man of action, jumped into it and worked with the pharmaceutical industry, um, incentivized them, worked with the FDA to fast track these vaccines that Joe Biden, lo and behold, is now taking credit for um, the dissemination of those vaccines. It, it is so ironic. And we all knew he was going to do it. But when he comes right out of the chute with his uh, speech saying Trump was silent, when Trump basically um, hit the ground running with this thing and did the best he could um, as it was very difficult to get our arms around this. Um, and, and that, that is, is goes without saying, uh, as far as me, a layman or any scientist, many scientists, um, certainly wouldn't call Fauci a scientist, but he changed his rhetoric many times, um, as this thing was unfurling, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, that was the silence that we're talking about the working with the pharmaceutical industry travel ban. And I'm not going to tick off, uh, others, but there's literally 20 other things that Donald Trump did in the first three months of this, that really made this horrible pandemic a heck of a lot worse, excuse me, a heck of a lot better than it could have been. Um, so, I'm just going to take these down in chronological order. I took notes as the minutes um, painfully unfurled during this speech. Um, I thought he sounded weak and I thought he sounded frail. Um, at the risk of uh, a broken record, we get new listeners every week. Um, I am not one of these people that think he's demented. Um, do I think he practiced this 24 minute speech? probably several hundred times in the last few weeks. Yes, I do. Did he have a teleprompter? Yes, he did. Um, does he have incredible uh, just pathways burned in his head because he's given so many speeches in the last one half century that pretty much sounded like this? Um, yeah, all of those things were in place. But um, I think the fact that he is an old man 78 years and he is slipping cognitively, um, did not say Alzheimer's or any of the things that a lot of other people say, but, um, he sounded weak and frail and he looked weak and frail and uh, like it or not from a Madison Avenue standpoint, some things in the culture do not change and having a leader, um, that looks vibrant, speaks quickly and sharply, um, is definitely something we need. Now, does Joe Biden understand that in a post Donald Trump era, that with a large number of older Americans, his 
oh shucks i'm just uncle joe around the corner and his rhetoric um and his uh, affect are are indeed soothing to some individuals yes he does and he exploits that very well but you cannot hide the fact that he is cognitively slipping and that he looked weak and frail um again i i think he delivers speeches such as this very effectively because he is so used to doing what he did um yesterday and as he has done it many 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 times over the last half of a century and that is um an age-old um construct that people on the left democrats like to um like to do the reality is the speech um government causes the problem government puts their arm around you and laments um you know, as far as Bill Clinton, <laughs> feel your pain. Um, they ingratiate themselves with you. They try to say that they're one of you. They're crying and weeping with you and for you. So they've caused the problem, but they will never admit that. The second step is uh, acknowledging that there is indeed a problem and your pains and concerns with the problems uh, of the day are their pains and concerns and quite frankly from a marketing standpoint they do it a heck of a lot better than white middle-aged republicans that look stiff as a board um i don't know why but republicans still to this day in large part are about a half step behind democrats when it comes to the i feel your pain um part of being a politician okay so they there is a problem they will never ever acknowledge that they created it but they do they put their arm around you and say they'll feel they feel your pain and then number three drum roll please government beneficently comes in and fixes the problem that ironically they caused and they usually do that um by giving you a few crumbs so um they come in, they swoop in, and uh, throughout the speech, Biden is touting how he's um, sending out checks for $1,400 to individuals, um, and this is step three of the problem that he caused, and I'm doing something about the problem. I'm swooping in, and I'm giving you $1,400, and I don't poo-poo $1,400 to you or me or any in between you or me as far as income is concerned. $1,400 is $1,400. But I will tell you, in this day and age, that is scratch compared to the abject devastation that this man and his ilk have done to you and your boss and your neighbors and your children with all his leftist edicts and leftist rhetoric and leftist policies. So giving you $1,400 after causing untold dollars in, in hurt to you and all the aforementioned entities is galling and it's insulting. And if you don't understand that, that he indeed caused the problem and just because he puts his arm around you and gives you um, a few crackers, that doesn't cut it that's not good enough you should throw the those crackers back in his face and say how dare you cause this problem put your arm around me 
and then give me uh, a few crackers and then tell me to vote for you every two to four years. But as bluntly and as succinctly and accurately as I have just laid this out, my rhetoric and that analysis goes in one ear and out the other when it comes to many, many millions of people in this country. And that's where you and I come in. How do we talk to them? How do we reach them? How do we speak to them in a manner that attracts rather than repels? Now, admittedly, today I'm exercised about this video and how I'm doing it today may not necessarily be the way I'd like you to do it or the way I do it on most shows or in private conversations, but we have to do it and we have to ask God, how do I speak to this person? How do I speak to this seemingly intelligent person, this person that goes to church every week that votes for these idiots? And uh, we don't say the word idiot. That's a good example, but uh, votes for these people. How do we crack their code? How do we speak to them? Because as much as you and I know that what came out of Joe Biden's mouth for 24 minutes was pure, unadulterated pablum, there's a lot of people that were calmed by that. They were soothed by that. They were fooled by that. So um, on to my notes as the uh, video uh, of Mr. Biden unfurled here. Um, he was speaking quite directly to all adults and he made an edict saying, uh, we will all be vaccinated by May 1. Now, I think one of the errors that um, Joe Biden did make, and he usually doesn't make many, believe it or not, in speeches because they're they're so crafted, they're so scripted, they're so rehearsed, they're so vetted. Um, he threw down a lot of dates. And if you throw down dates and you don't come through on those dates, people get angry. So um, everybody being vaccinated by May 1. Um, and he kind of qualified that and said, everybody's going to get in line by May 1. I thought that was really weird because we're all kind of in line anyway right now. And it's not May 1. It's March 10th or 11th or whatever it is. Um, so this whole thing that government is going to graciously allow you to jump up and stand in line by May 1st, it's kind of weird because we're all really in line right now, whether we know it or realize it or not. So <clears throat> not a not a real grand um, pie in the sky, high bar of a goal to have us all stand in line two months from now. But he said it. Um, so we're all going to be standing in line waiting for the vaccine. We'll get a number by May 1. Um, and as, as low bar as that seems to me, that probably won't even happen. Uh, there will probably will be people on May 1st that don't know if they're 10th in line, 500th in line, or 5,000th in line in their municipality. So as much as um, I think they could probably should be able to figure this out by now, by May 1st, there's probably going to be a, a fair amount of confusion in many municipalities as there is um, currently. Um, he said they have a new website to go to. That's encouraging. So you won't have to call 
and be frustrated and where do I go? Do I go to CVS? Do I go to Rite Aid? Do I go to local community college? Do I go to a place where I just stick my arm out of the car and get vaccinated? This is so confusing. And yes, Joe, it is confusing. But um, going to a central uh repository, if you will, run by the federal government, can you say Obamacare, is not going to be any more helpful. Because uh, as I said a couple of shows ago, there are old people that are paying young people, and some young people are doing this out of the kindness of their heart, to help them navigate certain websites so they can find out where the heck they are supposed to go to get a, uh, a shot or shots. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of faith. Um, and, and Joe said this, uh, that faith has been lost in government and I never had any. And a lot of people have lost their faith in government. He is correct. And if Joe tells me there's going to be a website that's going to make this thing all simple, I'm going to know what my number is and where to go. And I'm going to be vaccinated by a certain day. I'm not real hopeful. So, um, but again, his, his, um, his COVID update slash what we're going to do next really almost sounded, um, at times like a state of the union chicken in every pot type of speech where I'm going to give you a check. Um, I'm going to tell you where to go to stick your arm out and get vaccinated. I'm going to tell you when your business can resume. Um, nobody wants to hear that. So, um, he went into his American rescue plan, um, and, um, he touted, you know, he ticked off many of the industries that he and people like him have destroyed. Didn't, you know, kind of left that out, but he did acknowledge that, um, things have been destroyed, run into the ground, never to come back again. But he did spend some time on the teachers because he knows that that angers everybody that has kids that are bouncing off the walls. And um, the, uh, he, he wants us to continue to go to the scientist and or the science. Well, the science of segregating kids or having them at home, driving their family crazy, staring at a screen all day is not up for debate. That has been settled uh, a year ago. And because of our friends in the teachers unions, many of our students out there are, are suffering far more than any potential exposure to COVID in the areas of uh, suicide, mental health, um, uh, drug abuse, alcoholism continue. We can go down the line in, for the next hour. Um, but our teachers union don't care about that. So he says, we're going to have in place a, a mechanism by which teachers can get vaccinated. Well, I, I heard Dr. Atlas on the radio the other day, and he brought up a good point. There was a conservative that was um, interviewing him, and the conservative said the conservative threw teachers in the same category as people that have direct contact with patients, uh, healthcare providers, doctors, uh, elderly, and um, again, this conservative, usually pretty sound, he's not thinking. And Dr. Atlas respectfully tapped him on the shoulder and cautioned him to think. And he said to this host, there's absolutely no way teachers should be 
in the category of first responders, doctors, uh, nurses, elderly in nursing home um, for two very glaring reasons that nobody doesn't um, seem to want to uh, look at. One, they are in one of the safest industries in the United States of America. They are teaching little kids or people under the age of 18 and oftentimes people under the age of 10 years old. There is no more safe category as far as uh, people that are not contracting the virus or if they do contract the virus have very little um, uh, fallout from contracting the virus. And thirdly, don't really seem to be spreading the virus to um, people that would indeed have some trouble in their life if they did get the virus. So first and foremost, they're in a very safe environment as teachers, so they should not be prioritized according to Dr. Atlas, and I agree with him. And secondly, they themselves are a very young demographic. The vast majority of teachers are under the age of 40. We don't need to go into the statistics of people that contract COVID under the age of 40. Um, their incidence of mortality is absolutely infinitesimal. It's not even approximating a half of a percent, uh, 99 point, uh, very high percentage of folks in this age group that are indeed teachers, um, if they did contract it, would never have any deleterious effects. So for those two reasons, that they're in a very safe environment with kids, and secondly, they're young themselves, Dr. Atlas's contention is why the heck should they be anywhere near the top of the list? That is, um, they are for a number of reasons. Joe Biden is in the hip pocket of the teachers unions who do not want to come back to school, particularly in the urban areas and teach your children, regardless of all the mental health problems and drug abuse problems and, and a myriad of other socialization problems that your kids are going through, they could care less. So when, when Joe Biden throws the teachers out there and we need to have a mechanism in place stat to vaccine, uh, vaccinate them, that is, uh, that is not, based in the science, Joe, that you want us to continue to um, look at. It is based in um, your unholy uh, alliance with the teachers unions. So um, very interesting. We go on. Joe tells us what you can and can't do once you're vaccinated. That was an interesting little comment that I don't know if a lot of people, you know, digested. Um, it was just rolling off his tongue, you know, nice and sweet, no bombastic rhetoric like red man or orange man, I guess. Um, he says we will have something in place. We, the government, the all knowing, uh, all seeing iron fisted government, we will have a plan in place that will tell you what you can and can't do once you're vaccinated. Okay. What the hell is the point of vaccination if somebody after that has to tell us how we can proceed? Former Congressman Daryl Issa, who a uh, true patriot, Republican in the People's Republic of California, um, famous for taking on fraud, corruption, um, all sorts of things uh, during his days in Congress, uh, holding 
people that are taking money out of your pocket and doing terrible things in Washington, um, holding their feet to the fire with numerous investigations. Just a good guy. Um, he was on the other day. I watched him. And he's like, I, I walk around everywhere in California with no mask. I wait for people to tell me, put your mask on. And he asks them, I've been vaccinated. Why the heck should I put my mask on? 70% of them don't have a good answer. And the other 30% that answer them, they stumble and bumble through this incoherent uh, rhetoric of, well, you know, there could be another strain. Okay, so I get vaccinated for that strain. You telling me that there's not another strain? and another strain, and another strain, and another strain. When does this end? It doesn't end, ladies and gentlemen, because the iron fist of government that wants to tell you what to do, where to go, who to congregate with, how many people you can congregate with, they're not going to give up this power that they've enjoyed for 13 months. They absolutely love watching you say, um, uh, when they say jump, you say how high. You don't say, why should I jump? You say how high. So if you have an absolutely giddy blue state governor or entity that has has uh, watched you like a chimpanzee for the last, uh, like a trained seal, like a trained dog, just roll over, beg, stand up, uh, bark, um, beg for a treat, um, beg for a $1,400 check, uh, they're not going to let a little thing like vaccination end this. Mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, if the whole damn country gets vaccinated, they're still going to want you under the bed and doing it their way rather than your way, rather than the American way. So Daryl Issa walks around with no mask on, but compare and contrast that with Mr. Biden's statements. We will tell you what you can and can't do once you are vaccinated. Absolutely chilling. And we have to hang on these words, ladies and gentlemen. We can't get distracted. Hey, what are the Eagles doing? Are they going to trade Carson? Hey, uh, you know, uh, my lawn needs to be weed free this year. You know, all this crap. Listen to what these people are saying and hold their feet to the fire. This is unacceptable. We, we do not have a king. We have a president. And when our president tells us, sit down, we'll tell you once you've gone through the uh, drill of being vaccinated, if you can find a place or a mechanism uh, by which you can be vaccinated, we'll tell you what the next step is. How dare you? So um, we move on. Uh, yeah. I found his um, speech, he started to move into from Trump is an idiot, Trump bungled it, we're wonderful, there's adults in the room now, I'm really calm the way I speak, I'm not saying stupid things on Twitter, um, and I found that he, he laid down the groundwork and he says, this is how we're going to help you. This is how I'm wonderful. You're so lucky to have me at the, the helm um, during this pandemic. But then I found him shifting and starting to grease us for the other shoe to drop. And um, that goes to the point that I just made. If you think this thing is just going to end, you are crazy. The fact that it's gone on for a year and a half, technically, or 
13 months if you want to look at it practically and that they are going to relinquish this power anytime soon you're out of your mind and uh president biden prepares us for that some of us are realizing that when we hear his rhetoric the vast majority of others are not even realizing that they are being set up so he greases the skids for the other shoe to drop by this comment scientists tell us things could change that's all you gotta glean from this entire 24 minutes of pablum scientists tell us things could change that is code speak ladies and gentlemen for we reserve the right to micromanage every freaking aspect of your life your family's life your employer's life your neighbor's life okay um scientists tell us things could change is just an open invitation for the goalposts to continue to move um, as they have uh, for 13 months. And back to Daryl Issa, when he asked somebody, why should I wear a mask? I've been vaccinated. And he can't get a straight answer. That's when the quote unquote, I'm using air quotes over the radio now. He can't see that. Scientists will come up with this reason or that reason that your life continues to have to be restricted even though that you have played by the rules, obeyed every stupid edict from on high, and you've been vaccinated. Our quote-unquote scientists still have another story for you, and they're always going to have one. Fauci, um, and I don't consider him a scientist, but Fauci, uh, in order to get on in front of a camera, He's got to say something new and fresh. And if you ever strung together the last 13 months of Dr. Fauci, it would be just an, an absolute art of gymnastics um, to watch him go back and forth and sideways on these things. And it's really a shame. Um, Joe Biden says another thing at this point in the speech, which I find to be just um, condescending and chilling. He said, stick with the rules. Um, what does that mean? Stick with the rules. Are, are, are we teaching children? Are, is he a third grade teacher? And I'm a little nine-year-old and he's got to tell me to stick with the rules. Um, what rules would they be? You know, they dance in and out of, because they know they can't out and out say what they really mean they dance in and out of saying the word suggestion uh, the cdc suggests your local board of health suggests scientists whoever the heck they are suggest um but what they really mean is um these are hard and fast rules and he urges us to stick with the rules well what if the rules in my municipality or my state um and I'm very envious of, of people in Florida. I don't live in Florida. I live in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, what if their rules are different than my rules? So I'm just supposed to stick with the rules in my area and just hope that I, you know, for one reason or another, can move to Florida at some point in time. Why do certain states not have to stick with the rules? And thank God for them that they don't. Because the local individuals down in those states have figured out that these quote unquote rules that Joe talks about are silly. They're stupid. They're business killing. They're, they kill people um, 
quite literally as far as people forestalling going to the hospital with cardiac problems and all sorts of other problems because they're under the bed scared of COVID. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, COVID is real. It can kill you and it has killed and it it is in a fluke. It does definitely kill people that are younger with no comorbidities, although that is quite the exception rather than the rule. COVID should not be taken lightly. But um, when Joe talks about sticking with the rules, um, I can tell you our friends in Texas and Florida Um, They kind of laugh at that. They say, we're going to stick with the rules of our municipality, our state, and we're doing quite well with our COVID numbers and our economy and our kids that have been in school for quite a while. So um, I found that statement, although quite simplistic, stick with the rules, very condescending and very on high. And that is not inconsistent with who Joe Biden is. Um, what's fascinating to me is in the beginning, he tried to construct a very faithful type of, um, message. Orange man screwed up. I'm on the job now. Kamala's on the job now, although she has all sorts of questions to answer as she was virulently anti um, uh, vaccine and her rhetoric, um, calling it the Trump vaccine, and I would never get it. Now she's got to dance on the head of a pin and spin around and promote the vaccine. Um, so she has all sorts of credibility issues, not only in this, but just several other things. But um, Mr. Biden tried to lay out, we're on the job now, calm down. Um, everything is, is tracking the right way. Be hopeful. But every now and again, he has to put in a little statist type of a comment. Um, As I mentioned before, scientists tell us things could change. That makes us pause. And it kind of tells us without telling us we're in charge and you're not. This is not a we the people thing. This is we the government thing. So the next comment that he makes that's, basically another little jab in our ribs that, you know, don't get too excited about spring coming, numbers coming down, masks coming off. You know, we're still in charge here. Um, He makes the comment, there's no graduation this spring. And a categorical statement, either at colleges or high schools. How the heck does he know that? That's three months from now. How does he know that? That is another, don't get too cute. Don't get too excited. Don't take your mask off. Don't um, don't get ahead of yourselves. We'll tell you when everything's okay. And without really knowing it, he tells us who he really is by telling us, getting out his telescope and telling us three months down the road, there's not going to be any graduations anywhere. How the heck does he know that? I can assure you in Florida and Texas, there's going to be graduations at high schools and colleges. Why do they get to have them? And we in the, in the great Northeast here don't. Um, so again, he dances in and out of being, uh, he wants us to be faithful. He wants us to, um, he wants our trust to be in government as he says out and out. He actually says that, um, 
but he wants us to not get too excited about this liberty thing because he reserves the right to tell you that the scientists have changed their mind or that um, colleges and high schools three months from now are not going to have a graduation. He doesn't know that, but he's, he's saying that because that's what he wants to have happen. Um, so he played his hand there. Um, he, he, he really, um, he really did. So, um, the next, okay. He starts talking about the pharmaceutical industry and everybody knew that this was going to happen. Um, the pharmaceutical industry, a lot of big libs at the top of those industries, this false notion that the media has always put out there, big pharma, big Republican, big capitalism, um, is not entirely true. A lot of big libs at the top of big pharma, um, a lot of unholy alliances with big pharma and government entities. Um, uh, gov uh, big pharma loves to dance with government and get cozy with government. So it's not this government is for you, you little guy, and the big pharmaceutical company is gouging you. There's some truth to that, but it's not black and white. So um, the pharmaceutical industry, the temerity of, of Joe Biden to even talk about his work with the pharmaceutical industry when um, him and particularly, as I indicated before, Kamala Harris did nothing but trash how fast the vaccines were going to be approved. Um, they were Trump vaccines. Uh, the FDA was was being pressured by Orange Man and the pharmaceutical industry uh, was just uh, licking their chops to get this out and foist this terrible thing on the American public. Oh, we won? Oh, it's our pharmaceutical industry and our FDA now? Oh, okay. Well, I work together with the pharmaceutical... Well, Trump um, got that to happen in the year 2020. We would not have a vaccine currently if it were not for Donald Trump. So we knew he was going to take it, but it is new. It is no less offensive that Joe Biden is, is taking all this credit for the vaccine, the dissemination of the vaccine, even though that has been an abysmal failure and touting that he is working with the pharmaceutical industry um, is, is just laughable when he demonized the pharmaceutical industry and Kamala Harris out and out said it was a Trump vaccine and she wouldn't take it. So um, we move on. Uh, Joe being old Joe kind of weaved in and out of just weird nostalgic references. And th this is what he does when he drifts a little bit, regardless of uh, copious amounts of practice of these speeches um, to the tune of hundreds and hundreds of times and days and weeks spent practicing on, on one speech. Uh, regardless of that, he still wanders, he still drifts and the teleprompter, you know, withstanding, he still likes to weave in these nonsensical, incoherent, nostalgic references that nobody even knows what the hell he's talking about. So, 
starts to talk about a World War II analogy, um, vaccine by the end of May, um, and, and, and how um, just like in World War II, we all rolled up our sleeves and just got it done as Americans. And we have to have faith in, in government. That's when he, you know, uh, again, drifted back into, I know you've lost faith in government. You, you need to, to put your faith back in government. Now, thinking people will ask themselves, this is the same government. This is not the Trump administration. This is the same government in the last few months that has um, bungled with a capital B, the dissemination of this vaccination, this vaccine to people that really need to get it. Why would we have faith in the government? That is the big question. Um, and we have to think these things through. Um, he went on to misrepresent vaccination data. And again, if, if you are, are just a, not a thinking person, not a political person, not somebody that hangs on every word of this speech, which I did, um, you might gloss over this, but it said, you know, just 50 days ago when I came into office, only 8% of people were vaccinated and 14% of this and that. Well, that, that's a, that's a, there's a really good reason for that, Joe. The drug companies drug their feet with um, releasing the vaccine before um, early November, before the election. They had it. Um, they could have released it. They did not because that would have made Donald Trump look good. Um, a few weeks after the election, lo and behold, wow, what a surprise, the vaccine gets disseminated. Uh, Donald Trump has to fight all sorts of fraud, craziness in the streets and the cities, um, just widespread fraud uh, responding to an election that yes, I'm not a big Trump fan here, but yes, indeed, it was stolen. Uh, he's dealing with impeachment, all of these things. And Joe Biden gets, um, you know, takes hold of uh, the reins. And now in retrospect, he's looking back. Hey, there's only so many people got vaccinated uh, 50 days ago. Now I'm on the scene and people are starting to get vaccinated. That makes no sense for all the reasons that I just laid out. So, um you know, he, he kept going in and out of talking about the CDC, um, providing guidance, but they're not guidance. They're more like edicts. So uh, oftentimes, even Joe gets it right with crafting the rhetoric and saying guidance, suggestion. But what we really know that he means is edicts and mandates from on high. So um drifted into some weird Asian pandering, which was just crazy, made no sense. I don't know why he did it, but I just thought I'd mention it. Um, then he went into, he wrapped back around to where he started his speech, tell the truth, follow the science. Um, you know, science, true science says far more people are dying from the cure than the disease itself. We could tick off all the deaths um, people are experiencing from being too scared to go into the hospital. Our children, uh, the mental health crisis that is of epic proportion, the substance abuse um, crisis, 
uh, sexual abuse, child abuse, uh, all sorts of marital strife. All of this is science. There's scientific data out there that indicates that the cure, and I have that in quotes here on the radio, is far more deadly than the COVID-19. But um, he wants us to tell the truth or follow the truth and follow the science. Um, Put your trust and faith in our government. He said that. Um, I would try to respectfully ask him, um, why? Prove to me that I should earn my trust, earn my faith. You have done nothing but clamp me down my entire life and, 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 none the least of which in the last 13 months and my fellow citizens and my fellow family members, why should I put my trust in my faith in the government, which you are the head of the executive branch of that government? Why? And I would love to, to, to hear him try to say why. He says the government is we the people. What an outlandish statement. Um, the people are keeping the government in check. All you need to do, Joe, uh, you've been in Washington a billion and a half years, is to read some of the documents in Washington, read some of the rhetoric on the statues. Um, We the people keep government in check. Um, The government is not we the people. I kind of know what he means, but in this day and age, um, really a dumb thing to say. Um, again, when he is drifting and when he is out of, uh, facts, uh, or out of logic, he drifts back into the stories he always has. He always will chronicled this, uh, story here in the city of Philadelphia, a small business owner said, you know, when Joe, um, came up to her, put his arm around her you know, big government agent that he is and said, what can we do for you? Because he's a caring guy, you know? And she says, tell the truth. Now, I think it's a dumb question and I think it's a dumb response. Um, I don't know what business this lady has or even if he made it up, but she should have said, what you can do for me, Joe, is get the hell off my back and let me do what I do. Um, but that's not what Joe means. Joe, first and foremost, wants you to think he's a good guy. He cares. And he wanted that question to be answered with, send me another stimulus check. Give me a couple crumbs so I can make payroll for four more days. Not ever owning a business as most of these politicians never have. They don't understand Um just because you cause a problem, just because you put your arm around some business owner in Philadelphia, you can't make that right by kicking back a few crumbs to the community. It is an absolutely audaciously galling thing to do. And if this was a real business owner or somebody that was, you know, truly successful, they would have politely said, um, this is what you can do for me. And he went into the, I lost my job, I've been evicted, I've lost my business, I've lost hope. Well, there's a reason 
that people have lost their jobs, been evicted, lost their businesses, and lost hope. It's because of you and your cronies. And I think that's a good way to end Reshaping America today. It was a very disturbing message, very predictable. Tortured myself to uh, to review it and give you some comment on it. I hope it was helpful. Until next week, this is Kerf Llewellyn, Reshaping America. Have a great day.